Welcome to The Beat from the True Wellness Center. I'm your host, Kelly Kennedy. And The Beats is truly from my heart to yours to help you empower and inspire you to learn how the body actually does work. I am bringing you my friends, my colleagues, the most incredible minds from around the world that I have been able to learn from. And I wanna share them all with you. So that's what The Beats is really about is teaching people what I've been able to learn about how the body works and trying to give that to you in a very simple and practical way to give you things to change your life because you got this. This is all about you and having the ability to heal your own body from within. And that's really my message is from my heart to yours. Welcome to the beats. Welcome to learning how your body works and welcome to opening your heart. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your time and your attention as we focus in on this week's episode of The Beats. So welcome to The Beats with Kelly Kennedy. And today I have a very impressive show for you. And I'm very excited to share with you all this amazing woman named Autumn, who is seasonal. Ha ha ha. You know, I have to have a joke somewhere. But Autumn's a beautiful woman inside and out. And I met her some time ago um, in regards to her amazing company, Paleo Valley. And I want her to tell her story a little bit, but she is a nutritionist and she is the founder of Paleo Valley and Wild Pasture, Pastures. And she had her own health journey. Uh, with IBS. And one of the things she realized that we always talk about is food is thy medicine, as Hippocrates beautifully stated, and medicine is thy food. And we always know that here on the beats, we are always talking about how the body actually works, how it really works, and how to incite your own healing capacities. And food is the number one thing outside of air and water that we have to feed and nutrition ourselves, give ourselves nutrition with. And as a mom, I can appreciate this and I appreciate this about Autumn's story is that after she helped her own health, she then looked around and was like, crap, I got to feed these kids too. And kids don't have the same expansive palates that we do. And uh, they're a little more resistant to trying new foods and so on. And, and I worked really hard to get Silas to eat really good foods. Yet I have, I always am looking for cheats. I'm always looking for easier, simple ways to do it because I'm not that creative in the kitchen, honestly. I like, last night I was like, oh, what are we having for dinner? Um, Here's this big surprise, sauteed vegetables. Ooh, <laughs> mommy's specialty, doesn't know what else to make. We're making vegetables sauteed. <laughs> and so she's really solved that problem. And, and we brought her, she has meat sticks and superfoods and bars. And you guys know, I don't like bars. And so for the first time ever, I'm actually promoting a product line on, um, on the beats. And it's because it's such great quality. And we're going to talk about why it's such great quality. So I'm really happy to bring Autumn on today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Autumn. It is such a pleasure. And I just had such a synergy with you at the conference and loved everything you're about. So I can't even tell you how honored we are to be one of the companies that you're promoting. And I promise we won't disappoint you because we are obsessed with quality. And I've lived this story. I've reclaimed my health. I've been the one who couldn't do anything, get out of bed, felt feeling depressed. Um, and I've changed that for myself. And so if our products can help someone do the same, I'm just excited about it. So let's unpack your story a little bit because we didn't get a lot of time at the conference to really talk about that. And I think it's important. What part I heard was that so many people listening to this 
have been in the position, you know, they've been to all the practitioners, they've tried to tell that part, if you would. Yeah, basically, I mean, I had this wonderful, loving family, I grew up in a small town in Montana. Uh, but around my teens, I started to develop these debilitating digestive issues. I just, I looked pregnant after meals. I remember one night, I told my mom, she had to take me to the emergency room, because something was seriously wrong. And they told me it was gas pains, and that I had IBS. And so that's kind of the diagnosis they gave me. And, um, but it was ruining my life, even though the doctors at the time didn't know what to do with me other than tell me you can take gas X or Bino. And I did that. And in time, as I got older and life became more stressful, I started to develop uh, mental health issues too, because we now know there's that brain gut connection. But at that time, we didn't really understand it. And so when my mental health started to deteriorate, then we went on, you know, psychiatric meds that made me feel like a zombie. And it was just like this struggle every day I was struggling. And so my young brain decided it would be a good idea to use substances like alcohol and drugs uh, to start managing because I felt hopeless. I just felt like uh, something's wrong with me. No one knows what to do with me. And so I'm just going to have to get through the day. And uh, it got so bad at one point, I actually got kicked out of my parents' house <laughs> before I graduated high school. And that was actually a really good thing that kind of woke me up to just how bad things had become. Fortunately, I always had a love of learning, still went to college, still became a professional dancer. And um, I just kind of maintained this struggling state until I met my husband. And when he moved in and saw me suffering in silence, he was like, wow, we need to do something, sweetie. And so doctors still in Los Angeles at that point in time had no answers. So we just took it upon ourselves to go to Dr. Google. <laughs> and he found the paleo diet in like 2006. Eight, I think it was when no one was really talking about it and we did it. And in 30 days, all of my digestive symptoms went away. And over the course of the year, I was so surprised that my mental health improved too. And I thought, this is so powerful. And I was a fitness trainer. I was actually working with celebrities at the time with Tracy Anderson method. And I was always fit, but I wasn't well. And so I was like, I need to figure out how to get well and how to teach other people to have this kind of transformation. So I went back to school and got a master's and we founded our company because what we found was I'm a kind of a go-getter type A, like I like to be moving and doing things. And I'm not someone who lives in the kitchen, but I still wanted the products that would make this lifestyle realistic. So we decided to create products um, that we could feed to our family that we didn't have yet and to ourselves to maintain the new vibrance that I felt. So, and then we also founded Wild Pastures after my son was born uh, because we realized from all the farmers we were meeting that certain farmers were using regenerative practices that were actually restoring environmental health. And because we only have six years of topsoil left, we thought it was very important that Maverick never saw a day where he might not be able to grow his own food or that our country couldn't. And so we wanted to support regenerative agriculture as well. And that's a, that's a different company though. So you can see why she's so impressive, right? Y'all, I mean, she is... Oh. There's so many things to unpack there about what you said, you know, first of all, the suffering in silence, how many people suffer in silence and manage their life for so long. And thank God that somebody finally came into your life and said, we got to find a solution. Yeah. And then, and then here you are fitness trainer. And I love what you said. Like I looked really well, but I wasn't well, you know, and when I met when I got in the car accident, I was a vegetarian. I was a collegiate rower. I looked awesome from the outside. I was taking many drugs. I was taking drugs for my hormones. I was taking drugs for acne and asthma. And then I got in the car accident and they put me on painkillers and muscle relaxers. I looked really fit, but there was no wellness. 
And then many years later, I met my husband and I was a reluctant carnivore, which we're going to talk about. I was a vegetarian for over 10 years at that point. And he said, you're one of the most unhealthy vegetarians because you don't actually eat vegetables. You eat like crap food and processed food. And he made me so aware of how many packages of food I ate and how much processed food I ate. And so I got on the whole food, even before everybody knew what whole food was, I got on the whole food diet 25 years ago and I started eating anything that didn't come in a package. And then I had my son Mm. and I was like, so it's really easy for me to eat a carrot and like some blueberries and some almond butter for lunch. But uh, my son is requiring a lot more than that. He wants like a meal. And I was used to like, I can saute some vegetables and maybe cook up some nice quality proteins. But outside of that, I don't have anything creative. And I started looking at packages and I was appalled. I was appalled at what was considered natural, good food, full of fillers, and preservatives. So can we talk about fillers and preservatives for a moment? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's atrocious, right? I never envisioned my life going into beef stick manufacturing. It was completely never, never, never. Professional dancer, stick maker that doesn't just naturally process. It's so funny. And in our ads, people are like, you went from JLo to beef sticks. Like, tell me about that. And the reason was because I had to, because this newfound health that I was experiencing, it, it literally changed every aspect of my life. And I was like, I need to give that to people. And so yes, preservatives, even the products that you think are healthy often have these preservatives that people just don't really bat an eye at because they're industry standards. So just for instance, like our flagship product was the beef stick. And I loved the meat stick because I I was the person for whom most of my life, I didn't really consume animal products. I just wasn't drawn to them. And I think as a result, I was on this blood sugar roller coaster that did not serve me well. So I wanted to find a way. We found in some research with Dr. Felice Jacka that grass-fed beef actually has a really protective effect against depression and anxiety. And I knew of that research. So I was like, okay, we're making a meat stick. And I was a fitness trainer. Everybody needs more protein. Keep your blood sugar stable. But when I had my husband bring over literally a suitcase of them when I was on tour in France, and I still got digestive issues from them, even though they were grass-fed and they were what I thought was going to be healthy. Uh, when I got back to the United States, I called manufacturers and I said, what what is it? Like, what is this citric acid ingredient? I went down every ingredient and citric acid. So everyone thinks that's derived from lemons or limes, right? Often it's not. Actually, it was back in like the 1700s. And then the pharmaceutical companies took over and they create citric acid a lot of times from aspergillus mold, which is totally disgusting, and genetically modified corn. And they just feed the solution to the mold and then it creates a citric acid solution. And then, hey, and it's in our food supply. And the thing is, you know, there's people who react to it. And so obviously I don't want to support the production of those ingredients in general, but it was given what's called grass status, G-R-A-S, generally recognized as safe status. And a lot of ingredients are, they're kind of ushered into our food supply without the adequate testing. And so even something that seems so innocuous, like citric acid, um, can be using genetically modified corn, and then they wrap it in hydrogenated oil, which we know is is a very highly processed man-made fat. Uh, And then this just melts into the products. 
and it drops the pH of the beef stick and they just have to label it citric acid. And so I could not believe that. And so I called like literally 200 manufacturers and finally one of them was willing to ferment the beef sticks instead. No one wants to do this because it takes four times as long, but I knew that I'm putting this into my body. I'm going to put this into my little son's body and it's going to be worth it to me and hopefully other people. <laughs> so we did it that way, but there's a lot of things lingering in our food supply that people don't want you to know about and manufacturers don't want you to know about. And when you really peel back the curtain, you're like, wow, I, unfortunately, food regulations aren't doing enough, in my humble opinion, to, to save us or to really protect us. And that's why we can have a lot of power as individual companies and in the private sector uh, to move this forward on a much faster trajectory, because I just don't think it's it's a good idea to wait. And I couldn't agree with you more. Regenerative farming was one of the other things we talked about. And the bottom line is that, you know, quality of the food is what we've got. And you get what you pay for, bottom line. Yeah. And, and there's a lot that goes into the research, the development to make sure the quality of the product is at the standard that we would put in our bodies yep. and, and we would give to our children. And that takes a lot. And so- but the quality of the protein is so much better that you find without the fillers and all the additives, you actually get satiated by it better because it's a better quality and you get more nutrient value out of it. So you eat less with better quality food. It's so true. It's so true. And in a lot of meat sticks, I don't even know why this is necessary. There's sugar, there's wheat because it makes you eat more, right? There's things like BHT that have been linked to cancer and on and on and on things that just, you do not need to have. But when you process them the way that we did and you ferment them, not only using hundred percent grass-fed and finished cows from regenerative farms, which has higher nutrient value in the first place, but then you end up with probiotics too in the product and that, that are naturally occurring. From the fermentation, right? Right? You get yes. the probiotics from the fermentation exactly. because the natural product of fermentation creates the proper biosis, the, the environment to allow that product to continue to break down. So it's like pre-digesting it and giving you the enzymatic activity when you eat it. Correct. I mean, I'm not a food scientist. Exactly. I no, took exactly. classes, but you yeah. know, back in the day, and I've studied nutrition for a long time, but I want you to clarify if I'm wrong. 100%. No, that's exactly what happens. Basically, we just add bacteria in the very beginning of the process and then and like a, a culture or like a carbohydrate source. And then they consume that and then they turn that into lactic acid, which starts to preserve the product and yields probiotics, which like you said, break down the product and make it more easily digestible and improve digestive health. So it's sad that we've and moved to this and therefore absorbability of the nutrients in it because it's easier to digest. So it's not what you eat, it's what you absorb. It's so true, right? And so not only are there more nutrients in it to begin with, your body can actually access those nutrients. And so it's a totally different thing, eating a Slim Jim or eating one of our beef sticks, it's a completely different result, biologically speaking. So yeah. yeah. And just to say, I would never have even considered a Slim Jim to throw them under the bus because when I've seen them, they look like plastic to begin with. And when you peel down the plastic, I mean, my, I watched my nieces eat these and I'm like, it still looks like plastic. Like, I don't understand. Did you take the plastic down or not? And, and then I did taste one of your, your turkeys. I didn't go with the beef. I went with a turkey stick and I started chewing it. In all honesty, Silas took the rest of it from me and ate it and loved it. And now they become the staple in his food and his lunch every day. 
um, as snacks. And I feel so good about that because I don't like to send in sandwiches and, you know, it's hard to come up with alternatives at school. You can't send any nuts for God's sakes or nut butters or anything like that. You know, God forbid, that's like sending in a loaded gun. So you got to send it. And I get tired of giving them, you know, chicken strips and turkey strips and, you know, cold meat beef isn't really that great at lunch. And so these meat sticks have been like a saving grace. And one of my staff members, when I brought them in, she goes, oh my God, I've been buying those for the boys for like three months. Oh, I love to hear that. And you know what else kids like is that it's not like jerky. So it's because it has like this soft, moist snap. So it's like really not hard to eat. And yeah, for my kids lunch, a lot of times we have beef sticks chopped up with like, sometimes I do like a raw grass fed dairy and like an almond flour cracker and he loves it. He loves it. So, and he's hard to please at times. So I'm glad that's what I'm saying. And what I, you know, listen, these are great for adults too. Right. And yeah, yeah. but for me, it solved a huge problem in my family. And then there's not just the meat sticks. They have super greens that I love. I absolutely love their alkaline super greens. And I have a couple other brands that I like. I like Dr. Geoffrey's as well, but I switched over to yours to see what the difference was and the taste. And I don't really like cherry to be in full disclosure, but it was great. It tasted so good. My blood sugar felt stabilized for hours because I had just come off a fast and I was like, yeah, I'll just do the super greens and see what happens. And I think I was good for like, at least seven or eight hours. Like it was a long time. I use it to do the same thing. Exactly. Every morning I break my fast with that. Or sometimes I add in a little bit of protein and you're right. It just takes me through. I think the more experienced you are with fasting, the more true that is, but it definitely works for everyone. I also use it like after lunch, if I need like something sweet to tide me over until um, dinner, it's often like a little afternoon snack too. So yeah, I'm glad you like it. And it is sweet, which is funny because when you look at it, it like the first time I put it in the glass, I did autumn have to like mentally tell myself to close my eyes and drink it that it wasn't Corella. And even though it looked <laughs> deeply green and gross and my son wouldn't even taste it the first day, he did finally. But the first day I was like, just smell it. He was like, okay, it smells sweet, but I'm still not going to taste it. <laughs> Kids are tough. Oh, they are. If you can convince kids, you got this adult thing is handled. Oh, totally. And you know what we did with my little guy? There's two things. Well, first of all, we showed him Popeye and spinach. So kind of break down that green is disgusting thing. And then we call it his ninja juice. It's like, this is your ninja juice. And then while he drinks it, we go, is that a, I think I see a muscle. Like, is that a new muscle? Like, did you just gain a little development? Like, and so he gets really a kick out of it. I think he knows that we're joking, but he just loves that attention and that excitement around his bulging muscles. So ninja juice, bulging muscles. That's kind of how we've gotten around it. (laughs) That's awesome. And let's talk about the actual ingredients in the products, because when I looked at the ingredients, what I found is it wasn't a bunch of herbal supplements and stuff like that, which I prefer as a clinician because so many of those times when people add things like that in, you can get all sorts of reactions from the body. So can you talk about that? Yeah. And that was a big consideration for me because our population is for most people. We're trying to be as broad as possible. And so, yeah, it's, we, most greens powders contain a really healthy dose of cereal grasses like wheatgrass, right? Mostly because they're cheap and you can actually like stack it really high and then just like sprinkle in other ingredients. And for me, wheatgrass never worked, even though when I didn't understand nutrition, I would still take shots of wheatgrass all the time. And for some people, the lectins in wheatgrass 
they lead to digestive stuff. And there's good research around this. So we wanted to create one without that. And so we used really high quality spirulina from India, because I know it's very easy to be tainted. And this company actually voluntarily adheres to the European Union standards, which are really strict. So spirulina, and then we have things like acerola cherry and turmeric and kale and broccoli sprouts and blueberries and all of these beautiful, like 23 organic fruits and vegetables. And that's it. And some it's just fruits and vegetables that's what i wanted to understand yes. it's purely fruits and vegetables i've had it multiple times just in water and i've also thrown it in a smoothie that i did the other day just to just see and i was like wow this is great i threw a little pea protein in there as well that i use yeah and it was like it was amazing actually it was an amazing yeah. Yeah, yeah, fruits, vegetables, and just like a little, there's a little turmeric in there too, some prebiotics and digestive enzymes to make it more available to your body. But yeah, we do not add synthetic vitamins. We do not add herbs. Cause like you said, some people do well with rhodiola. It makes me irritable, you know, like, so we're just like, we need to just make this as clean as possible for as many people as possible. So yeah, people really love it. And we're coming out with a unflavored version that actually still is slightly like sweetened, but you wouldn't know it. You could just add it and it would be masked by whatever smoothie you're creating uh, and a tropical version, like she said. So yeah, I think it's the highest quality on the market for sure. We of course test it for pesticides and it's an organic product. So, um, or I'm sorry, and heavy metals and on and on, but yeah, we do everything to ensure it's the highest quality. And then you have bars, which everybody knows me, knows me. I don't like bars. Like I, I got to think about consistency of food. I typically, when I eat bars, I find they're full of dates. A lot of the ones on the market are full of dates and I eat plenty of dates. The last thing I need in my life is more dates in my life. I, I, you know, it's true. And, and I find the consistencies of bars is often very mealy or very dry and chalky one or the other. And I just, and, and for me, honestly, I'd rather eat a couple of carrots and some celery sticks than yeah. eat the bar. Like I, the bar, I've used a couple of them throughout my years to be like, oh my God, I have nothing else. I'll grab a bar. But it's like in the last ditch effort of I have a bar. So we're at this event at the particular event we're at, it's all about fasting. So they do not feed you. They don't let you have breaks for lunch. They're very much like you're going to be fasting with us. And I was speaking later that day and I started to feel myself like, I need a little food. I need a little food. And I looked over at Autumn's station. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get a bar. I don't even like bars. I'm going to try a bar. And I ate half of the bar and I was like, oh my God, this bar was really good. I've never had a bar that had chunks of seeds in it. Like there's a pumpkin seed. Yes. Yes. That's important to us. Texture is a big thing for me too. And I loved bars, but they were part of my problem because, you know, they had the whey or, you know, they were mostly a carbohydrate bar or I was on a blood sugar roller coaster. So what I did is I, I obsessively tested my blood sugar when I found out that I could actually really modu modulate that with my diet. And so our superfood bars are not only like they're really low-ish in carbs and they're all whole foods, but they also contain nutrients because that's what you're finding is all these bars tasted like cardboard because they were gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, everything free, but then like nothing that actually tasted good. So yeah, pumpkin seeds, like bone broth protein, um, there's cashews in there. There's little amounts of like spirulina that doesn't affect the flavor, but when you taste them, they're very satisfying. And we actually have like, like you said, seeds and then like chocolate chips in the, in the chocolate yeah. version. And then we have an apple pie, apple cinnamon version. And we're just about to launch our lemon meringue and our velvet cake version. Uh, so we're expanding the line, but yeah, our goal with that is like just whole foods, 
blood sugar stability, you know, and of course, like ingredients that feed the microbiome and superfoods. And so somehow we've made that work with our food scientists, of course, because we have them on staff now, <laughs> but it's been hard. <laughs> well, and let me tell you, the, um, the, the reason I only ate half a bar is because it is so nutritionally dense. I was like, I'm good. I don't need the rest of this bar. And I've had multiple bars now. I can't eat a whole bar. And I, anybody who knows me knows what brand I or what flavor I chose. It was the chocolate hands down. I don't bother with cinnamon and meringue and red velvet. That's great for other people, but I'm going with chocolate a thousand percent of the time. And it was funny because I, my son, again, he's also resistant to bars. He's never found bars that he likes and he tasted it. He was like, what is that? A brownie? I said, yeah, uh-huh. It's a brownie. Go ahead. <laughs> Have some. It's great brownie, isn't it? And it does. It's so fudgy almost. It's like, it's so rich. It's so delicious that I kept looking at the ingredients going, I don't know. Is this really good for me? I, it just tastes a little too good. Honest to God, because I, I've done this before with companies that I get full, like I read their ingredients. I buy their product for a certain amount of time. Then time goes on. And I don't know what happens. I don't necessarily read the ingredients every time because I've been buying that same product for a long time. And I don't pay attention to everything that goes on in the news. And all of a sudden I go to look at the back of the product and I'm like, what's going on? This didn't used to have this. Didn't used to have that. Didn't used to have that. What changed? Then I go to do research. Oh, they changed the CEO of the company or they changed something. Yep. They got bought out by somebody. And that's why I constantly read labels. And I always question myself and it, never ceases to amaze me the company that never had way in their product now all of a sudden has way in their product you know and yep I kept thinking like she's got to be hiding something in there what is there and there was nothing yeah. says, I don't know how you did it because I make a darn good smoothie everybody's freaked out about when they tell them what's in it yeah but it's taken me 25 years to perfect that smoothie yeah no, same with us. We've gone through a few iterations and we do change small things. But like you said, it's just because of the transformation I had health-wise, like I am not willing to make those other changes like to a whey protein or to just a, a poor quality carb or, oh, just a little coconut sugar. Like you will never find refined sugar in our products ever. You will never find a really low quality protein. And that's why like even our bone broth protein powder is, and this is, I think we are the only company who can actually say this, 100% grass-fed and grass finished cows. Most collagen is derived from hides through this highly um, extractive and kind of chemically laden process. And we just use bones and water. Um, but I'm so glad you said that every time we change it, it gets a little bit better. And my son is such a stickler too, but he'll eat this bar, the chocolate specifically. And what I do, because I'm probably like you, I don't know your chocolate story, but mine, we have quite a love affair as well. And so I open it in the morning and then I chop it into eight pieces. And just whenever I need a little, little something, um, I just go and I have a piece. It's exactly what I've been doing. It's been sitting here and I just eat little pieces throughout the day as I find that I might need a little something sweet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no secrets or like super tricks. It's just like being really devoted and keep, we keep tweaking and we brought food scientists on the team, like I said, and they're very versed in how we can do this and they have our parameters and I'm so glad that you like them. That really means the world to me. And hopefully your audience will too, because we love them. We love them. Yeah, absolutely. So before we let everybody go, I just want to speak quickly about regenerative farming. Yeah. And unpack that as well as the soil problem. 
Uh, we've, we've done another podcast a little bit about that. And I actually have somebody from the Rodell Institute that's going yes. to be speaking eventually as well with us, because this is what you said earlier. We've all got to understand that we've got to take over control of the farming and the local farmer is, and the local business is what this country was built on and why we're able to get good food everywhere and know your farmers, meet your farmers, but let's talk about regenerative farming because it's the next level. A lot of people have CSAs and they go to their local farmers and they belong CSAs and that's all really good. Yeah. And this is the next level because like everything else in health, you close the gaps and every time you think you're, oh my God, I'm there, I've achieved it. And then you find out some new hack and you're like, nope, we got one better for you to better optimize. So can you talk about regenerative farming and the optimization that that allows for us? Yeah, I love that. And like you said, like never beat yourself up. It is just always, we're all learning. They didn't even know how the soil worked until very recently. And some soil scientists still don't understand these principles. So basically when we started forming all these relationships with farmers through our beef sticks, they kind of taught me that there are many flavors of, you know, food production and animal agriculture like grass fed, it can be grass fed, but it can also be continuously grazed. That means the animals are not moving. They're just continually grazing one plot of grass. You've probably seen it. I see it all the time because I live in Colorado. And that, even though they're grass fed, can still be destructive to the environment because what we need to do is rebuild the soil and the soil needs periods of stimulation and then periods of rest so that it can rebuild. And every time these cows come and like grab the grass, basically they stimulate the growth of grass and these the grass actually works as like a straw to suck carbon out of the atmosphere. So most of us are probably aware that we have a climate change catastrophe on our hands. We have too much carbon hanging out in the atmosphere. So we need to find ways to get carbon back into the soil. And that's the most logical place to put this excess carbon. So what these farmers were finding is when they rehabilitated the soil, when they used animals that they are rotating on pasture, when they kind of like use minimal till or no till, when they worked on producing more biodiversity and using cover crops and, and really restoring root systems, they were seeing that carbon was coming out of the atmosphere, being sequestered underground, but also that the mineral profile between the mineral exchange, actually, between the minerals in the soil and the plants was actually being restored. So for the last 50 to 70 years, we've had this problem where our food is becoming less nutritious. And that's not necessarily because we have less nutrition in the soil. It's because that soil biology has been destroyed. And that relationship between the root systems and the fungi and the bacteria that live around them has been broken by the destructive inputs like pesticides and other chemicals and fertilizers. So with regenerative agriculture, when we support the farmers who are not only doing things um, in a way that's like grass fed, we're supporting the people who go beyond that to actually restore this, the health of our soil. And this is what we have to do in order to ensure that the future generations have a really, really reliable nutrient dense food supply and that the levels of atmospheric carbon don't continue to grow. Now, the scariest part is like 90% of the animal products you're going to find on the market are made from not grass-fed farms, but they're made from CAFOs, right? Confined animal feeding operations. They're environmentally destructive in multiple ways. Antibiotic-resistant bacteria, of course, um, pesticides that are polluting our waterways and even our air and, and chemical fertilizers. And so 
when we have to break this system, basically, we have to come and disrupt this system. And that starts with just supporting your local regenerative farmers. And if you don't know anyone doing regenerative farmer, go to your farmer's market, look them in the eye and ask them like, what are your practices? Are you using pesticides, chemicals, fertilizer? Are you measuring ecological outcomes? That's the big difference between even like organic and regenerative is they are regenerative farmers are looking at Am I getting more biodiversity on my farm? Is my soil health, um, is it getting better? Is there carbon being sequestered? And it's when we measure those variables that we can actually ensure that they're changing for the positive. And so it sounds overwhelming, but well, when we, yeah. it's not though. And, and I want to just break it down if I could. I love yeah. what you just explained. And I, I hope that a lot of you took notes. And if not, go back, rewind that and listen to it again. And I'm going to try to do my best to explain that. I studied agriculture. I've come from... Nice. Um, I come from Southern tier of New York. I went to Cornell. I switched from pre-vet to pre-met and I studied a lot of food science and agricultural farming because it was the natural evolution of where I was headed, obviously in my life for various reasons. But it's a great microcosm of the macrocosm of the whole world and what every single person is going through as well. So think of it this way. The soil of the earth is just like the soil in your gut your flora and your gut. And if you don't have diversity, if you don't have all sorts of a, a, a level of microbes in your gut that you are not able to produce all the enzymatic production and all the mechanisms in the body that allow you to absorb that food to then take that to where it needs to go. On a farm, if you just have whatever the livestock is on the same grassland over and over and over again, you're not creating flexibility, you're creating rigidity and you're overusing something. Just like if you only eat the same food every single day for 20 years, you're gonna end up with a food allergy to it, even if it's good for you because there's no flexibility. So on farming and agriculture, we need flexibility and the biodiversity is huge. They should have way more livestock than they're actually producing because it creates an ecosystem within that farm. This, every farm is its own ecosystem, just like you're your own ecosystem. And if you have a farm that all they do is they produce chickens and, and meat, uh, cow meat, and that's all they do. And they feed chickens and cow meat. And that's all they do. They don't have any other livestock. They don't have bees on the planet or on their farm or different flowers, then they're not refeeding this ecosystem. They're just being limited in what they're creating. And that's the problem. Life is change in, mo in motion. That is the definition of life, as you know, from this podcast and from many things we've talked about. A farm that constantly does the same thing over and over again is not life is not in motion that the life always changes and what regenerative farming does is it takes about 20 years for any good farmer to do this, but they create an ecosystem that self regulates itself that yeah. 20 years down the road, they don't have to treat the soils they don't need pesticides and insecticides, because they have all of the proper environment, the right birds are going to be attracted to it the right insects are going to be attracted to it the right vermin are going to be attracted to it at the right levels to create the proper environment. And yes, there's going to be some of that organic produce that gets ruined by all of this ecosystem, but what will be produced, anything can live off of. And that is the point. Yes. 
I love that. And I'm going to listen to that a few times because I think you made such beautiful points. And you're right. Restoring our ecosystem is just like restoring our microbiome. And so I think our beef sticks are the only one on the market that I know of that actually source. And we source exclusively from American regenerative farmers, which we also think is very important because, yeah, they're doing a lot of great things in other parts of the world. But what about here? Like Americans need food sovereignty as well. And we need to support the people who are coming in and hopefully these younger generations that are getting really excited about this. And you're right, a few years down the road, they don't need these really expensive inputs that are actually making our farmers not able to make a great living anyway. So, so many problems. Regenerative agriculture is a solution for. So uh, thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. Absolutely. And, you know, the Rodell Institute just um, produced a white paper. Was that this year or the end of last year, where they said that they have a solution to global warming? It is regenerative farming and the story. That is the scientific white paper. That's what they've proven that we can solve all problems with global farming by purely switching to regenerative farming. So, and this is the same thing that I say about the body. You can let your body self heal if you improve the gut and you feed the body properly and the autonomic nervous system will allow it to be regenerate once the blockades, the healing are removed. And that's what you did. You healed your own body and then you gave everybody the resources to heal their own body with a food source that you did. So bravo, oh, Autumn. bravo, Autumn, bravo. That was hard to say, bravo, Autumn. <laughs> Well, thank you. And thank you for letting me be here to share it because nothing makes me more excited. And I just sincerely hope that the products have been as helpful or are as helpful for you and your family and your people who are listening as they have been for us. So thank you. Well, thank you. And from our heart to yours, I want to say thank you so much for making your product available. And I think what we're going to be able to do is offer her a product on, on our website. Um, and we're going to be able to extend a discount. So look in the show notes for what that discount's going to be. And we're going to be able to get you your own meat sticks and bars and superfoods that are great quality, high quality. So you can absorb these and truly from the beats here, at not meds from our heart to yours. We want to give you this information that medicine is thy food and food, let food be thy medicine. Mm. Thank you, Autumn. Thank, thank you, Paleo Valley. And thank you, Wild Pastures, for everything you all do. Yeah, you're so welcome. And if anyone ever has a comment, question, concern, any type of feedback, uh, we are a very transparent company. So Autumn at Paleo Valley, you can always reach out. And again, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we're just really, really honored to be um, a part of what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today to this episode of The Beats. And as your host, Kelly Kennedy, truly from my heart to yours, thank you for your time and your attention today. And if this did resonate with you, please do leave some comments. We would love to hear from you. And if this further you think would resonate with somebody that you know, please do go ahead and share that and hit that notification button so you know when The Beats is available to you. We do do some live things every once in a while. Um, and as always, we pray that this information today was not only foundational, but raised some questions for you and helped you be empowered to take actionable, profound steps toward regeneration because your body is the only thing that heals. And that is our message here on The Beats. Thanks again for listening and for sharing. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.